welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm here with Al. Hello. I'm Courtney. That's see, Courtney. See, I'm Al. See how I did that? Yeah. Introduce you first. Give you a little treat. Ooh, I did feel honored, weirdly. <laughs> well, that's because, Al, today... Today's ad creep is very specifically tailored to suit your taste. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't deserve this. You do, because uh, we did do a whole episode on ShamWow. Yeah, that was not ideal. <laughs> so so this is a treat for you. I get a treat. Look, you gave me a treat. You gave me Carvel. Mm-hmm. You gave me my new boyfriend, Joey Peppers. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think you need a, a treat. You ready? Yay. Tell me a story. Leslie Moonvez had a problem. In the late 90s, his television network, CBS, was struggling to find his identity. Is he still head of? Oh, probably not. Okay. (laughs) Who knows? Is he dead? Maybe. As entertainment president Moonves? Moonves. Yeah. Was frequently told how CBS only attracted older demographics. This was especially true when their crowning jewels in their lineup was Diagnosis Murder and 60 Minutes. Moonves, right? Mm -hmm. And CBS's arch enemy was ABC. More specifically, ABC's TGIF block. In 1997, ABC touted... Well, you're getting a little excited, huh? (laughs) ABC's touted family sitcoms such as the classics Boy Meets World and Family Matters, while also finding success with freshman shows Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Clueless. Even if ABC had seen slight ratings decline, the network's primetime lineup easily beat CBS. Leslie Moonves had to fix his lineup and CBC's image. He had to do something quick. So his golden goose came in the form of a giant nerd with thick glasses, high suspenders, and the tightest pants possible. CBS was able to pull Family Matters out from ABC's nose after the show's contract came up. They also managed to negotiate another show grab and took the family sitcom step-by-step in the same swoop. Wow. Could you imagine? And and uh, Family Matters was on the air for, like, eight seasons at that, th- and then they just grabbed him. Yeah, Family Matters and Step-by-Step, that was a that was a good hour block. Oh, that was really good. Okay, Family Matters, Step-by-Step, Boy Meets World, Sabrina. Are you kidding me? I mean, you're missing the best one. Am I? <laughs> With both Family Matters and Step by Step ripped out from underneath them, C- uh, ABC found themselves with a big hole in their TGIF block. <laughs> you-, you seem to get be getting excited. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> oh my god! More specifically, two shows that could follow their supernatural superstar, Sabrina. The ABC producers desperately decided to throw together a magical themed block that was inspired by sitcoms of old, just like Sabrina was inspired by ABC's Bewitched. You are now shaking your head. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I'm so I happy. Done, I haven't done anything, Al. I, by the way, I didn't know this, that like Sabrina was kind of themed on like bewitched right? yeah yeah absolutely that's and then first so first came as a replacement show first came you wish yes you wish with the genie <laughs> a 1990s version of i dream a genie instead of a cute femme genie le- living with a single man abc's modern version was a male genie wearing a leopard skin vest who was rescued from a rug shop by a family yeah he absolutely fucked that mom they i was watching some clips of uh, the mom is oh marcia brady it was a Brady. It was a Brady. She was a Brady, yeah. They absolutely the knocked boots. They, Are you kidding me? And the first scene is just, he's sitting with her in bed and is like, hello, how can I serve you? Oh. The second TV show that they used to replace Step by Step was 
Teen Angel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, what's your history of Teen Angel, Al? <laughs> Why is this? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Why is this? Oh, I was going to describe what Teen Angel is, but maybe you should. There was, I, okay, there was something about this show that I, like, imprinted on, like, a <laughs> small baby bird fallen from a nest. By the way, folks, only 17 episodes. Not very many. <laughs> They're all perfect. Well, <laughs> so Teen Angel is about Marty, and he's a teenage boy, yeah. and he eats a cheeseburger that he finds under his bed. His friend's bed. Oh, his friend's bed. Yeah. And it kills him. <laughs> it sure does. And he comes back as an angel. He sure does. To give his friend advice. Yeah. But he just tries, he usually makes a mess of things. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite one is when he brings back, I'm pretty sure James Monroe to cancel yeah. the history test. <laughs> I did watch most of these are available online currently. Oh my god, I need to go rewatch you it immediately. <laughs> I want to reboot Teen Angel. Well, we're going to talk about oh it. Oh my god. The reviews of Teen Angel were not so stellar. Wrong. <laughs> Philistines. Quote, the main problem is the Saved by the Bell typed acting from the two leading boys, writes Carol Horst from Variety. I'd like to see Carol do better. <laughs> These kids don't have much chemistry, and their style tends to be more smart Alec than smart. Carol, call me. Go. Oh, I'll fight you. Okay. Oh, you're, you're okay. You name the place. Pistols at Dawn. <laughs> Teen Angel did last 17 episodes. But why was ABC willing to take a risk on a dead 16-year-old boy? Because he was an angel. Uh, Teen Angel's predecessor, did you know this, was a 1989 series by the same name, and it had struck gold. Oh. The series starred Jason Priestley. Oh, my God. Right before he stepped on to the Beverly Hills 90210 scene. I didn't know this. Oh, he's a hunk. (laughs) Priestley played Buzz Gunderson, a leather jacket wearing rebel heartthrob who had been killed in a car wreck in 1959. Buzz was given various assignments on Earth to help wayward teens like himself so he could get into heaven. That was the grandfather. I would have been all over that. Yeah, there's two. So, okay, I tried to find. There's there's a lot of episodes. The Germans seem to be in this series. Interesting. Because there's a lot of, like, German dubs of the full episodes. Oh. But, oh, Jason, he looks so good. If you want to talk about my transmastic experience, <laughs> it is Jason Priestley and Why a fucking. Is Jason Priestley not playing somebody's dad on Riverdale? Oh, well, maybe he's too busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Maybe he's mm, over it. <laughs> the genre of the teen angel seems to be a gruesome one, but has been a mainstay in American culture since the idea of teenage tragedy ballad emerged in the 1950s. Known more colorfully as the Death Disc or Splatter Platter, (laughs) teenage tragedy songs were put into place to urge young women not to get themselves into trouble by following in love with a cold-hearted street racing delinquent. Too late. (laughs) Too late. I didn't fall in love with him. I'm going to become him. (laughs) We are both. (laughs) The songs, overwhelmingly written and sung by white conservative adults, use teen idols as mouthpieces for their conformist agenda. Of Mm, course. Why not? Of course. The roots of teenage tragedy ballad phenomenon was sparked by a heap of twisted metal and some well-timed rock and roll. In September 30th, 1955, American cultural icon James Dean sustained multiple fatal injuries, including a broken neck, in a car crash on U.S. Route 466. Now... 
I do have to ask you. Yeah. As the resident supernatural um, expert, yeah. Um, is there an episode of Supernatural about James Dean's haunted car? Oh, they're looking. They're feeling it in their bones. What do you feel? There was an episode about a haunted car. Was it James Dean's haunted car? I think it might have been. So James Dean, I forget. It was a Porsche. It was called Little Bastard. Yes, it was. It Little was. Ba- <laughs> there was a supernatural episode about it. Does Dean race of the car? No. Oh. Uh, people die in the car. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. Um, well. And he doesn't fuck the car either, which is well. surprising. <laughs> okay, well. Wow, you are giving me the wrong episodes to watch. Of Supernatural. <laughs> uh, Al has given me the, a list of must watches. Yeah, and has given me some notes. It's too long. The list is too long. It's, it's like 126 episodes. <laughs> but I'm quite grateful that I don't have to watch all of the Supernatural series to speak a little Al. Yeah, yeah. Was the, is this one in it? No. Oh. Well, what if I want to watch it? Well, you go then watch it. I'm not going to stop. Uh, it's not on the list. Not your warden. <laughs> My supernatural warden. Yeah. A few weeks before the accident, a single called black denim trousers and motorcycle boots was released by the Cheers. He wore black denim trousers and motorcycle boots and a black leather jacket with an eagle on the back. He had a hopped up sickle that took off like a gun. That fool was the terror of Highway 101. The song's similarities with James Dean tragedy was definitely a morbid kismet. Black denim trousers gained momentum on the Billboard charts as soon as the deadly trend was born. So it was just, it was, this was released earlier and then James Dean died and everyone started listening to this song. Wow. And then that's why it got so popular. If they were like, if that was 2021, they'd be like making AMVs of James Dean to this song. Yeah. Like Rip King. Yeah. Rip King. I, you know, I always, I don't know a lot about James Dean and, but the fact that he really wasn't in that many movies. Yeah. He was what? In, um, uh, Something, something without a cause. Rebel without a without cause, a, yeah. But, like, his his career was just starting, and I guess that's what made it so tragic. But at the same time, I read an article about the James Dean effect where people think your life is better if you go out on a high note rather than grow old. <laughs> oh, my. So I wonder if James Dean would be as popular now if he had survived and, and gone through and become, I don't know, who knows what he could have done. But yeah. Anyway, I'll put that in the sources. In the late 50s and 60s, the radio waves were absolutely flooded with teens meeting deadly ends. <laughs> so gruesome. <laughs> so bad. Uh, actually, this, so it's inspirational actually from Appalachian folk music mm. that literally talks about, like, not like, again, in cars or like greasers yeah. or motorcycles, but like, don't fall in love with a bad boy. You're going to get hurt or murdered. Uh, but this is mostly like you're going to get in a car crash and die. Is this like mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys? Yeah. Oh, same, same. Interesting. Same interesting. feel. The Shangri-La's leader of the pack was a cornerstone of the subgenre, featuring a girl who falls head over heels with a boy from the wrong side of town. When she breaks up with him, he speeds away on a rainy night, only to die, leaving behind his grieving ex. He saw a smile and kissed me goodbye. The tears were beginning to show. As he drove away on that rainy night, I begged him to go slow. What he heard, I'll never know. Look out, look out, look out, look out! Leader of the pack. Vroom, vroom. 
I know that one. I can I <laughs> so um I don't know about you, but when I was growing up in the nineties, what's it called? Skip roping was like mm. really hot. And in my elementary school they brought in a skip roping a rope rope skipping jump rope jump roping troop ooh and they like skipped rope two songs and i remember vividly as probably a kindergartner they came out in like leather jackets as the shangri-las oh my god and did leader of the pack with skip with jump ropes that's very cool (laughs) was it (laughs) well i don't know mark dinning's teen angel featured a couple whose car stalled on the train tracks. They leave the car when they hear the train is on its way, only to have the gal run back to the car, sacrificing herself in order to grab her boyfriend's class ring. That fateful night, the car was stalled upon the railroad track. I pulled you out and we were safe. But you went running back. Babe, no. Babe. Girl, girl, baby girl, you don't have to do that. You can just get a replacement. It's not a big deal. You can really just order it from a catalog. It's oh fine. That's so, that song is so manipulative. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wayne Cotrain's Last Kiss about a car mm. crash uh, which claimed the life of the girl, but not the guy, did not make the charts in 1961, uh, but the song gained momentum with a top 10 hit in 1964 when it was covered by J. Frank Wilson and the Caval- Cavaliers. And then, of course, Paul Jam in 1999. Yeah. I, I mentioned this because Last Kiss is, is big if you listen to alt-rock and you knew the Pearl Jam cover. But Wayne Coltrane, he, how do I describe him? He is now a Florida preacher. And I will say, I don't know if this was done on purpose. If you watched um, Gravity Falls and you know Little Gideon, oh, he looks exactly like Little Gideon. I would believe that would be on purpose. Um. And let me just, let me, hey, let me, we'll put up in our sources, uh, he's in there, but let me just show you um, a picture of him, uh, and you gotta tell me what mm. you see with your eyes. Yeah, it's Lil Gideon. <laughs> I believe Alex Hirsch did that on purpose. Uh, big, big blonde pompadour. That hair's too big, baby. Well. <laughs> hey, higher the hair, the closer to God. Oh, he was, he's so close to God. <laughs> Blue suit, very good. Uh, he apparently, um, Elvis copied his... When he went to Vegas, Elvis copied his whole, like, shtick. Oh. Because he was, like, kind of, flu- you know, kind of schmoozy in that. And, of course, the Beach Boys, A Young Man Gone, an acapella tribute to James Dean's death. For this daring young son met his death while in his car. No one knows the reason. And it, that was released in 1963 mm. as part of their Car Forward album, Little Deuce Coop. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Solid joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mentioned the Beach Boys one because it's actually really good. It's actually the only tolerable, like, one of this genre. And AV Club, in my sources, has basically a list of the top 20 
teen death like teen strategy anthems ballads (laughs) you gotta listen to them all they're great (sighs) (laughs) although teen tragedy ballads dried up when the far more upbeat british beatlemania hit the u.s america's obsession with the 1950s teen angels continued into the 1970s as people began to realize that kennedy's new frontier had gone sour by 1970 the vietnam war had claimed over 34,000 casualties by the end of that year and there was seemingly no end in sight White, middle-class America wanted to hit a reset button, especially after changing cultural and political landscapes. It's important to note that the nostalgia for the 1950s only concentrated on the poodle skirts and leather jackets, conveniently overlooking racial issues like the fight for civil rights and the dismantling of the Jim Crow laws and Brown versus Board of Education and the Little Rock Nine. And it's this idea, I've read a couple of papers about this, and uh, I think I've got one article in my sources. Um, So the Civil Rights uh, Act of 1964 really soured old white America in the South. (laughs) So they're like, ugh, black people get rights? Why not go back to the 1950s when they don't have rights? Things were better. Is this also around the same time that they started venerating, like, Civil War? Yup. Yup. So it's this... 1970s obsession with the 1950s is kind of a very cyclical thing because I mean I remember in the 90s we were really into the 70s stuff too yeah um but it's it was a very specific I mean like Watergate's going on Fall of Saigon uh Jonestown Massacre which I will talk about um like all this stuff is happening and there's up uprisings and this and that and they're like well old people old white people are like well it was better in the 50s yeah where I could have, you know, race race around in my cool little deuce coupe and have soda, right? White America's longing for the 1950s seemingly began with the first all-Golden Oldies radio station, Cool FM in Phoenix, Arizona, which was quickly emulated in other larger markets. At the same time, Greece hit Broadway. George Lucas's American Graffiti was released in 1973, and its soundtrack reintroduced the public to Bill Haley, Chuck Berry, and Buddy Holly. Happy Days premiered in 1978 as the first Watergate indictments started to be issued and images of the Jonestown Massacre raced across the airwaves. So it's this, like, I mean, you feel it any time in history. You feel it. You watch TV, you see the news, you go through to it, you're like, God... This is bad. Yeah. You know what wasn't bad? When I was a kid. And I didn't remember anything that was happening. I mean, we feel that probably, you know, a 90, I'm a 90s kid, right? I would say, I think there is a change. Yeah, really? Because I, the, the generations of kids, like the generations of adults now who were kids when 9-11 happened. Yeah. I think that is such an indelible mark that as a as an adult of this generation, you can't look back at your childhood and say, I don't remember anything bad happening in the news. Especially if you were a kid, uh, uh, a kid who was Muslim yeah. growing up in that era or a kid, any kid uh, of color like, oh, yeah, it was bad back then, too, y'all. It was real bad. <laughs> yeah, very, very interesting. But unfortunately, like the larger Americana, Americana, like icons are largely seen through white eyes yeah absolutely. so like oh yeah the poodle skirts and leader of the pack oh and dead teens and the things that we had access to because we were affluent a- yeah exactly middle class white people not to be left behind ad campaigns also started digging up the 1950s nostalgia in fact a soda company decided to bring back a teen angel down to earth to sell its lemon lime fizzy drink hmm. do you know 
Do you feel in your bones? Well, it's I got a 50% chance of getting it right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in the late 60s, people weren't drinking 7-Up. It was a, having a hard time com- keeping up with the more well-known caramel-colored colas, Pepsi, and Coke. Seizing on the counterculture movement, 7-Ups enlisted the marketing team at J. Walter Thompson from Chicago. Together, they framed 7-Up as the ultimate opposition drink, the Uncola. This was not your mom and pop's soda that they drank at the local soda fountain in the 1950s. This was 7-Up. 7-Up and J. Walter Thompson created a contest for young artists to create and submit the billboard, billboards which would be put up across the country. So by 1969, they, and these billboards were like, they capture and they gave money to these artists. It's not just this free stuff. They were very psychedelic. Ooh. So still like 1960s, 1970s counterculture, like summer of love shit that the olds did not want to like really <laughs> embrace. By 1969, seven up psychedelic uncola billboards filled the American landscape. They even hired graffiti artists to paint Uncola on subway walls across New York. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, that sucks. (laughs) Oh, that sucks so bad. No, but they're cool, Al. No, but that just sucks. Oh, I... (laughs) Look, they have what the teens want. Graffiti. I mean, graffiti, it was more of a... More of a social and political uh, sort of. But me- this is about soft drinks. Okay. So. Okay. Look. <laughs> they also break broke racial barriers by hiring a Trinidadian dancer and actor Jeffrey Holder as a spokesman for Uncola, Seven Up's first black actor in an ad campaign. Marvelous little things, Uncola nuts. We use them, of course, to make the Uncola Seven Up. It's the uncola nut that helps give the uncola its je ne sais quoi. You know, fresh, clean taste, no aftertaste, wet, wild, all that. He's very good. Uh, This was all in the face of an older, wider generation who wanted to look backward and not forward. As the 1970s popular culture reached back to the 1950s, 7-Up was also quick to use this as a way to separate themselves from the rest of the soda pack. Why not bring back the ever-popular image of the teen angel to tell today's youth how much better they have it now in the 1970s with a cold cup of 7-Up and a hot hamburger? By mocking the 1950s while using its teen tragedy, 7-Up could kill two birds with one stone, using the popular nostalgic imagery while firmly planting itself in the world of counterculture. All they had to do was find their teen angel. (laughs) Before the TV ad was set to film, a member of the ad agency reached out to their friend, a dentist who had an original leather jacket from his high school days in the 50s. When the dentist heard that the ad agency was looking for a teen angel to wear his jacket, he recommended a patient that was an inspiring young actor. 7-Up was interested in the young actor, so much so that they had to wait or they were willing to wait till after his graduation to before they started filming the series of ads. In 1970, 7-Up released their first Teen Angel Uncola ad starring Mandy Patinkin. What? In his first starring role. Oh my god! <laughs> Mandy! <laughs> yep. What? He's a teen angel. Oh, I'm so excited! <laughs> From Jane Steen to Jason Priestley, to now Mandy Patinkin, the teen angel phenomenon served as a conservative moral compass for youth who were quickly finding themselves more radicalized. The advice? Don't drive too fast, don't drink dark sodas, 
And don't eat that six-month-old hamburger you find under your friend's bed. Don't do it, Marty. (laughs) Are you ready to see Mandy? I'm so ready. Okay, let's do it. We'll return after these messages. Hi. I'm Teen Angel. You probably heard about what happened to me and my short back in 57. Well, ever since then, I've been haunting this here mall shop because it's where I used to hang out, you know? That used to be my booth right there, where I'd sit all day drinking colas with Betty Lou. Most of the kids now, though, drink this uncola 7-Up. Hey, of course, we could have drunk 7-Up, too. But in them days, we figured having 7-Up with your hamburger was like wearing a bicycle clip on your chinos. We thought nothing could beat out a cola. Well, we was wrong. Welcome back to the show. My God. Are you shook? I'm shook. <laughs> Mandy Patinkin is amazing. Um, and, oh, man, that was, the music was very, uh, it was very a beauty school dropout. Yep. And uh, he's just a ghost superimposed over this malt shop talking about how, in my day, we didn't think cola. You know, we thought cola was the best and yeah. you could never get it. But nowadays, the kids are on something with his uncola. It's real hip, man. It's hip, man. And then he's walking away and he's combing his hair. <sighs> oh, boy. So I actually found this posted last summer, July, I think right before we started recording. Oh, my God. And so he says, it's just, Mandy says, this is my first commercial. And he posted it. And everyone was saying, why did they want a dead boy (laughs) as their spokesperson? Why? Why? And I'm like, that's a good question. Why? Let me do an ad creep on it. Can I tell you, as you were telling me this ad creep, I realized there is a show out recently that does carry on this tradition. Which show? Julie and the Phantoms. Oh, you told me about them. Yeah. Ju- Are they teen angels? Well, they're not. They're they're ghosts. But, oh, they're ghosts. But yeah. essentially, like, so yeah, Julie ghosts. and the Phantoms is a Netflix show about a girl, Julie, and she has these ghosts of a boy band living in her garage. Yeah. But it has the same vibe as Teen Angel. Oh, yeah. And also... W- were they killed tragically? Yes, they died tragically um, by, I think, eating something bad. <laughs> I, I think love- they were hot dogs. Oh, my God. How did I, I watch this show? How did I not put this together? It's it's interesting because, like, you know, in, even in this commercial in the 70s, they're still using the motif of I'm dying in a fiery car crash. Yeah. Because I'm a cool greaser boy. Uh, but in the 90s, it was like, hamburger? You die because of hamburger? <laughs> Um, they, I guess the car crash was too much. Yeah. So he's see-through. That's really important. Yes, he's see-through, and no one can see, no one knows that he's there. Yeah. But he is very clear that he died in a fiery car crash. Yeah. He, uh, he's doomed to walk this earth. Forever. Forever, without his beloved. And he'll never get to taste the Uncola. He'll never get to taste it. But it's happening, man. It's it's so happening. It's real, it's like, Cola's Squaresville. <laughs> Uncola is where it's at. Um, so yeah, so that's the, the story of Uncola and uh, Mandy. Now, how would you bring I'm, – I'm talking to an, a teen angel expert here. How would you bring the teen angel and 7-Up 
into 2021? That's such a great question. <laughs> oh, man. I think you got to have a teen angel. you got to have a teen angel. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's 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 modern. It's hip. It's, yeah. Uh, it's but happening. Also, it has that nostalgia to it. So we are, and maybe we're looking back at the 90s. I, that's what I think is a good call. Yeah. Yeah. So how would a 90s teen angel die? Eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he died drinking the competitor's product. Oh, oh! <laughs> I drank a bad Coke. I had a bad Coke. I had one of those, you know those Cokes? That's a bad Coke. <laughs> I don't think we could say that. Maybe we should just do Pepsi. <laughs> okay. Wait, is 7-Up Pepsi? No. 7-Up is Is 7-Up Pepsi? seven up made by <laughs> i'm gonna look this up you keep going okay so we've got a hot young maybe it's noah centineo you know oh <laughs> yeah well, I you want, know from the to all the boys we gotta we gotta have a hot young new teenager yeah so we, we've got noah centineo from to all the boys um <laughs> i thought you're gonna pick a k-pop K-pop friend. Oh, I guess I could have. But well, I feel no. like he has the, the Americana inside yeah, of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the Monster X. Call us. You want to be a teen angel? Please. please. Maybe. We'll, we'll give you a Coke. You have to drink it. Yeah. Uh, it's complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Noah is wearing, oh, I think he's still got the leather jacket. Yeah. But he's got a flannel tied around his waist. Okay. Ripped jeans. By the way, uh, so 7-Up is manufactured by Keurig Dr. Pepper. Oh. But it's bottled currently by PepsiCo. Okay. So it didn't used to be Pepsi, probably, but now it is, kind of. Anyway. So some bad Coke. But, so let's, let's go with some bad Coke. Okay. So we can say the word bad Coke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so maybe where he's not at a malt shop, but he could be at uh, Saved by the Bells, the dot. <laughs> I'm doomed to haunt this. <laughs> the, <laughs> but or the peach. Yeah, or the, the peach, the peach. Uh, some some 90s diner yeah, where, where kids are, are having fun and he's, you know, he's laying it on thick. He's okay. like, hey, I drank, a, I drank a Coke and it killed me. Why do I sound like an old man? I don't know. Um, I don't think you'd be the right teen angel. I'm sorry. No, I think I'm not getting this gig, but that's fine. <laughs> it's spoken for. <laughs> okay. And um, are they t- are they gonna say how much like better it is in 2021 than it is in the 90s? No. Okay. Uh, he's gonna say, "Man, I'm glad that I died." <laughs> <laughs> sure, I could be drinking the Uncola right now, but you know, there's a the whole pandemic thing seems rough. <laughs> and um, God, but hey, you know what'll get you through it? Cool, crisp glass of uh, seven, up. seven Up. Yeah. Hey, at least you got Seven Up to get you through these tough times that I didn't even get to see. Yeah, I didn't even have to take off my shoes when I got on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Internet? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Sounds bad. Sounds bad, though. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go back to heaven. Um, <laughs> I'm done here. My my work is done here. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that commercial. It's rough. I'm not going to lie. It is rough. But you know what? If a teen angel did come to Earth on this day, the Lord 2021, I think that's what they would be saying. Yeah. I feel like it's it's hard to... (sighs) Nostalgia is harder to eke out now in some ways. Yeah, it is. Especially with the way that, you know, our ability to communicate with one another has changed. Yeah. The zeitgeist, as it were, is a lot more present in all of our minds. The racism. Yeah. The transphobia. And it's it's harder for, you know, racists and, and people 
uh, like that to shield their children from that's true the negativity of their like to really understand what their parents feel yeah because they have access to the internet good well maybe that's better then. no I mean I think that's yeah. great good 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 mm. TikTok doing us all a good service thanks TikTok yeah here that's what it is it's oh, it's a TikTok it's a TikTok it's a TikTok challenge teenage well. That might be uh, banned in some schools. Oh, is it? The Teen Angel Challenge? Oh, yes. Well, no, you just... You, you're, hey, you teen, become an angel. No, no, it just puts a 50% opacity filter on oh, you. Oh, I see, I got it. And I then you, it. like, get to pretend that you died. I don't... Okay. I don't think... <laughs> you're the teacher. You're the teacher. When it comes to teen death, it was more acceptable in the 70s, I think. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. I don't know. Oh, anyway. man. And then also, I think this that needs a new jingle that's like uh, one of these uh, death anthems. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Ay, 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 ay. It's got to have that. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> okay. I love it. Good. Good. Perfect. Can we call Mandy? Let's call Mandy. Let's get Mandy in. Yeah. Does he have to be a teen angel? No, I don't. I think be. he could be. He could be He'd like be hey, anything. I'm I'm an older man, and I I love cola. I'm not an angel, <laughs> and I'm not a teen. I'm an alive man. <laughs> it's great because Manny Fatigan did play a reaper. Oh, he did. Oh, so we'll do that. I'm a reaper. Love cola. <laughs> if you drink coke, I'll reap your soul. <laughs> oh, that was a journey. Yeah. Um. Do you want to go on another journey? To a local ad? I do. Okay. So just a little setup. We're in Duluth, Minnesota. We are. It's 1970. Oh, beautiful. And uh, hey, feast your eyes on this. This is luxury carpeting from Goldfinds. Deeply piled, resolutely fibered, luxurious. It's luxury carpeting so deeply piled that you'll want to stretch out on it. Bask in its luxury. You'll feel wonderfully rich. And now you can have this luxury carpeting in your home in plush, shag, pattern, or kitchen carpeting at just $5 a square yard from July 11th through July 14th from Goldfinds by the bridge. Right on. That's my dad. <laughs> Ow. That's just my dad. That's just your dad. I'm not joking. That lo- literally looked like. No, your dad I know. I know. It looks like your dad. <laughs> was your dad in Minnesota? I don't. I don't know where he was, but he looked exactly like that man. <laughs> oh, this this is beautiful and it's classic. How did you find this ad? Um, I don't remember. You know what? That's best. That's probably for the best. <laughs> it is a shag carpet commercial. It's pink, luscious shag carpet. We are tracking to the right, and we see someone's beautiful legs. Mm. Then we're going up, 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 up the thighs, and then we get to, to the butt. <laughs> the booty. And then on the butt, uh, which is covered by underwear, I mean, local ad, right? Um, it's like it gives you the price of the carpet on the ass. Five dollars per square yard. <laughs> The carpet or my butt, don't know. <laughs> and then we keep going to just the most beautiful man who turns around, has long hair and a, a, a mustache, and a mustache, and and actually does look like my dad in the seventies. And I'm haunted now. And he says, "Right on." <laughs> and he looks incredibly high, just blazed. He probably was though, huh? He blazed out of his damn gourd. Uh, look, he drank some uncola. 
<laughs> That's the counterculture they're going for. The shade carpet boys. <laughs> Thank you for showing me that ad. You're welcome. Beautiful. Thank you, Duluth, Minnesota. If you have a local ad, how do they give it to us? Oh, you can email us at adcreeps at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at adcreeps. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And if you enjoyed this very cool episode about teen angels, hey, um, you could be a real angel <gasps> and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. You hear that, Mandy? We did a whole thing about Please, you. Please, Mandy. Please. Give us five stars. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think that's it. That is it. Until next time, we are signing off. Shining off. Hmm, but first, a word for my spouse.